This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio! Stove League is brought to you by JTM Food Group. Let's create great dishes together. JTM, PNC Bank, the official bank of the Cincinnati Reds. PNC, make today the day. Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation, where there's help, there's hope. And by Wings and Rings, 16 area locations and proud sponsor of the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. All right. Hi again, everyone, and welcome into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. I'm Jim Day. Thanks so much for joining us. And we've got a lot to get to over this next hour, including the Reds uh, late this afternoon, adding three to the 40-man roster to protect from uh, the Rule 5 draft. We'll get into that as well as we will welcome in really the what the Hot Stove League is all about, and that being what the teams around Major League Baseball might do here in the offseason. President of Baseball Operations for the Reds, Nick Crawl, will join us as well. Reds Fest, a few weeks away, a lot, lot to talk about over this hour, and my pleasure to welcome in my co-host this week. I believe we were able to get a cell signal out on the range. He agreed to feed his horses and his cattle early so he could have the full hour to spend with you. And that is the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing good down here. We finally got some rain in these parts. Lord, it's been parched for quite some time, but it's finally raining. Hasn't been a whole lot of rain up here either. Uh, for those that don't know, you're uh, in Mississippi, correct? Is that where we're uh, yes. the range is right now? Long, long distance survey. You got it. How's the pickleball going? This is a... A new thing to Cowboys world, and it brings a smile to my face that you're out doing things, and I, I know you're heavily into pickleball. How's, how's that going? I, I can't believe that I'm actually playing, but I, I absolutely love it. Uh, my wife started playing this summer, and once I got back, um, I started playing some with her, and now we're we're pretty much playing four or five times a week wow. uh, for a couple hours a day. Um it, it has it has helped me tremendously. I can assure you of that. Are you any good at it? Uh, I was a right-handed pitcher, and you know that I am a highly skilled ex-professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Shoulders holding up okay, though. Or we're good there. It's doing good. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I mean, I'm amazed. I mean, golfing takes it out on me but the pickleball you just don't have to go above your head too often and you don't have to twist that back so it's all right <laughs> very nice all right let's talk some reds baseball now that we've had more than a month separation from the season obviously you and i uh nearly every game we take in and 
uh, we get to be around this team. What are as now that you've had separation? What, what's your impressions of what the Reds were able to accomplish in 2023? Um, I, I think they should be proud of what they were able to do. Um, I know that there were a lot of takeaways, especially there at the end of the season. And that's, I think that's common when you, when you get so close to, to getting into the playoffs. And there are a lot of folks that, that will sit there and say right now, hey, the Reds could have been the Diamondbacks. And they very well could have been. Uh, but, but you still have to continue to play a full season. That's why you play 162 ball games. And I think the, the biggest takeaway for me, is, especially being a, a former pitcher, is we, we have to figure out a way to work harder physically as as a pitching unit. I, I think the bullpen did that. I don't think we got that from our starting rotation. And I think these young kids have got to figure out a way to, to push the envelope, especially now in the off season, so that they're prepared to, to make more than 15 to, to 20 starts. I mean, let's be honest, that just doesn't get it. And I think that, that makes it difficult for your pitching coach and Derek Johnson. I think it makes it difficult for the folks that make the moves and Brad Metter and, and Nick Crawl. And I think in order to, to give your club a chance, um, that's, that's where pitching starts. It, it's not about building up the bullpen. It's about building up that rotation. And, and these fellas have got to figure it out. When you say push the envelope with the starting pitchers, are you talking complete conditioning here? Are we talking about getting stronger? Are we talking about your legs being stronger, running more, running the steps? What do you mean by pushing the envelope? I think it's all of those things, Jim, to, to be totally honest with you. I think in order to be a, a starting pitcher, uh, you have to be in great physical condition. And it's not as though you have to, to look like a bodybuilder. You don't have to look like Michael Lorenzen to be able to, to throw six or seven innings out there. And in today's game, you're really only asked to pitch six. Uh, and I think the, the biggest key to this is those guys have, have never really been accustomed to that. At least it doesn't seem that way in, in my book. And I think when you have these nagging injuries, whether it's a little bit of a rib cage or, or, or maybe a, a lower extremity issue. I mean, it's not like their elbows and shoulders are hurting. It, it's something else. And, and I think that a lot of that, in my mind, now I, I could be way off base, but I don't think so. I, I think a lot of that comes down to physical conditioning during the offseason. And if, if you want to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues, you've got to get yourself in, in better conditioning. I still remember, and you do the same, of watching Johnny Cueto run those steps every, every day, every single day when he wasn't starting every day. And, and he's running stadiums. He's running lower stadium and he's running the upper deck. And this is a guy that, you know, you look at him and you think, well, he's kind of got a soft body. No, he didn't. He had great legs. They were strong. They were rocks for him. And, and it really allowed him to pitch even at this stage of his career. And, and I think if you, if you don't have strong legs, then, then you're not going to be able to start. And, and that's where guys get forced into the bullpen. And that will certainly help the other side of what you talked about, the bullpen, who ate up an incredible amount of innings uh, this year. And all the injuries they went through with the starting pitchers and the bullpen guys, if you were to line them up individually, you'd say, eh, okay, collectively, they were pretty good. But they were overworked. And obviously the start, it starts with that starting pitching, right? They can't go – go through another season of bullpen like that, can they? No, I, I think I think you can do that, but I don't think you can do it with the same guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we saw pretty good evidence in Alexis Diaz the last month and a half of the year 
I mean, the kid was just flat worn out. And, and you can only do that so often. You can do that maybe two years, and then he's got to have a little bit of a break. You, you can't just run out there five and six guys out of your bullpen that are pitching in the upper 60s, 70-plus ball games. That, that just doesn't work because what happens is those guys get hurt and they don't ever come back. They either blow out their elbow or they blow out their shoulder. They don't come back. So then you have to replenish that bullpen. That's why you see so much turnover in the bullpen in our game today, whether it be the Reds or the Yankees or anybody else. It's because starters are only going four or five innings and then the rest of the ball game is up to the bullpen. We don't have an unlimited roster. I mean, you've only got so many guys down there, and they can't pitch every single game. Yeah. I haven't been able to get your reaction personally to the biggest news of the offseason so far for the Reds, and uh, not much of a surprise, at least to me, is that they uh, are not picking up the option on Joey Votto's contract. Uh, Not much of a surprise to you? No, I can't say that I'm I'm surprised, especially the the numbers that Joey's had the last couple of years um, and, and the the way that things have kind of gone askew with the the shoulder issue um, after the surgery. But but I tell you what, um, we're pretty fortunate that we had a guy that was able to play that long at that pace of the game. Um, I I don't know that we've seen anybody do what he did since the the likes of Hall of Famer Barry Larkin. I mean, Larkin was here a long time, and, I mean, he was a steady force. And Joey's numbers, uh, I, I tell you, as we move along and we get away from Votto and we start to remember, God, wow, you start thinking about what he did and, and how good he did it and how consistent he was for that period of time, uh, it's gonna, that's going to be a tough act to follow, I can assure you of that. Yeah, I think the uh, Joey Votto Appreciation Society is only going to grow as the years go on and we're removed from his career. And who knows? He he says he wants to play. It's a possibility that he'll play next year. Uh, so we'll see what happens. All right, Cowboy, uh, we're going to step aside for a break. But on the other side, you and I are going to welcome in the president of baseball operations, Nick Crawl. He is fresh off from the, well, the GM meetings. They were supposed to happen. There was a wrench in that. We're going to talk everything Cincinnati Reds here in the offseason as you are listening to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF here on the Reds Radio Network. All right, you're locked into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. I'm Jim Day. Thanks for hanging out with us on this night. Been beautiful weather here in Reds country. I hope you've been out and enjoying it. As we now transition and welcome in the president of baseball operations for your Cincinnati Reds, Mr. Nick Crawl. Nick, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Are, good. Are, are, have you recovered? I mean, we had the GM meetings last week, and what, upwards of 80 people caught a virus? There was a virus going around, uh, and you were unfortunately one of them. Are you okay now? Yeah, it was uh, it was a rough week. Uh, we had uh, a lot of people get sick and end up canceling the last day. But you know, feel better now, which is good. Uh, but yeah, about over half our group got uh, got sick while we were out there. Nick, this is Cowboy. Let's get right into it. You got a you got a great young club, obviously, um, and these guys have come in a hurry. Um, 
I know you guys have had a lot of meetings about who, who's going to do what, when and where, ifs and buts. Um, if, you had to, if you had to put your thumb on it, what are your, what are your vision that, that you have as far as your strengths that this club has, but also what are your weaknesses? I guess good and bad. Well, I, th- I think that when you look at the club, uh, overall strength, base running is a strength. Um, we, we speed athleticism uh, position players. Uh, we've got good young group of position players. Uh, you know, with, with that said, I think that, you know, there, there's, there's some deficiencies on this team um, within the groups, within, you know, you know, we've had some up and downs with our pitching. Uh, we've had some up and downs with offensive play. Um, I, I think overall, you know, we're, we're a young group trying to figure it out. We're trying to uh, continue to, to, to grow and, and figure out um, who guys are at the big league level. And I think that's something that's going to take some time. You know, you've got 21, 22, 23-year-old uh, guys that are, that are just getting here, and, and now they're trying to figure out how to make those adjustments. And I think that's going to be our biggest, uh, um, our biggest challenge moving into this year is, is do we have guys that, that – might have had some success, might have had some success with some failures, but can we make the adjustments moving forward? A lot of those young players uh, were in the infield. Uh, we saw outstanding performances uh, from the likes of Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz and Spencer Steer, and at the end of the season, Noel V. Marte, uh, and the list goes on. But there is now a, uh, a log jam there in the infield as well. Is that something going forward that you solve here in the offseason? No, I don't think you have to. I think we, you know, we've got guys that can play with, with Nixon Zell and Spencer Steer. They've played at some outfield. We have a DH spot. So, I mean, there, there's a chance that you could see time different places. You know, last year we had, we had time when, you know, people talked about, I, I, I've read it, the Jonathan India stuff, but Jonathan India played second base. Matt McLean got hurt. We had a second baseman come back. We had uh, Matt McLean played short. Ellie played third. You know, Marte came up at the end of the year and, and played really well. So, I don't think it's a problem that you have too many good players. Um, it's it's a good thing to have. I'm really excited to have all of these young players, um, you know, and then uh, just watching them grow. So, you know, there's a lot of space to get players bats in the lineups. You have injuries. They happen every year. And, and I think it's uh, just trying to figure out how, uh, how we can maximize those at-bats. Nick, looking at, at this club throughout the, the 23 season, there, there were times – uh, especially in, in some of those special runs um, in probably the middle of the season, it, it seemed as though this young offense uh, was not intimidated by even the, the likes of great pitching. And, and it seemed like they were able to hit and score against just about anybody that was run out of there on the mound at times for, against the opponent. Uh, probably the, the one deficit that, that I would, say that I saw was a right-handed hitting outfielder. Um, is that something that we can, we can pursue or is that like a, a trade or a free agency thing, or do we have somebody within that can fill that role? Well, I think, you know, one of the, one of the guys that, that took over uh, some outfield spots at the end of the season was Spencer Steer. Um, you know, just put it, being able to put him in the outfield, he played a pretty good left, uh, left field for us. Uh, defensively, especially just learning on the fly, um, but also obviously took a really good at bat and, and you know became a, a good offensive player this year uh, at the big league level. So you know I think he has a chance to be that guy. He has a chance to also play some first base, second base, and third base uh, throughout the course of the year. So 
you know, being able to, to play multiple positions is, is great for him. But, you know, being able to take some of those outfield spots uh, is, is, a really help, is a real help for him uh, uh, and this club moving forward. On the business side, Nick, uh, you do not have, at least for now, do not have uh, Joey Votto money on, on the books. It, it seems to be you have a, a wide open path to add. Uh, do you have the freedom to spend money that would make a difference for this club next year? Yeah, we've we've been open in uh, free agency in the trade market and trying to figure out uh, you know what we can do to upgrade this this uh, this 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 ball club for next year. You know, we, we've got players um, that are on this team, but now it's like, okay, can we find players that are outside of this organization um, to to be able to add and and, and complement the players on this team for uh, in free agency and and uh, you know, I, I we do have the money to add. We do have. Uh, the money to add, add some add some players, so we're just trying to figure out what we can do. Nick, when you and your front office are eyeing players that that might be available via trade or in free agency, um, are you eyeing guys that are singular in nature? And by that I mean a guy that could just play left field, or could just play right, or maybe just plays first base. Or are you looking for uh, a player that? can play multiple positions. I mean, the, the game seems like it's heading towards the latter. I think it depends on who that person is and, and, and what they can do. You know, if, if we, if, if you're looking for a hitter, then maybe they can play other positions. Maybe they play one position. Uh, if, if you're looking for, you know, more of a, a combination player, both offense and defense, uh, maybe it is something where you can move around and, and complement the, the guys we have in this club. You know, I think that, you know, we, we've, we've focused on pitching this offseason. Um, it's something just to add to this team we, we, we'd love to be able to do. But, you know, for us, it's it's starting in relief pitching. And, and I, I know this you asked the question and what it pertains to in uh, uh, position players. But, you know, I think if we can add some pitching that that could do both, that could uh, relieve and start, you know, I think we'd have, uh, have interest in doing uh, 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 either of those. You have some uh, outstanding talent arm-wise in the starting rotation. You've really got seven or so guys that are going to compete for rotation spots next year. At the same token, you're talking about adding pitching. Uh, would a veteran starter, not just an innings eater, but someone that's had success and that can make a difference, would that be a, the top of your agenda, or at least up there somewhere? Yeah, I, I think, you know, adding quality innings to our, our, our team would be great. You know, we had – if you look at our club, we have eight guys – I think I'm looking at this right. Eight guys uh, in Green, Abbott, Williamson, Ashcraft, Lodolo, uh, Phillips, Spires, and Richardson all make starts starts in the big leagues. You know, and if you look at a handful of those guys, Richardson's coming off of an injury. Uh, Spires is it was, was in the bullpen to start the season. Uh, you know, Connor Phillips was was healthy all year, but Ashcraft, Lodolo, uh, and Green all hurt last year. So any any any. Uh, any innings we can add, any quality innings we can add to that group is going to help that group and push that group forward. Nick, can you stick around through the break and do another segment? Sure. Awesome. The president of baseball operations, Nick Crawl, will continue on with us here on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Don't miss a moment at the ballpark with your 2024 season ticket membership. Plans start at just 13 games and include guaranteed access to 2024 opening day, postseason, and so much more. Call 513-381-REDS today. 
This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. I'm Jim Day. I'm with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. We continue our conversation with the president of baseball operations for the Reds, Nick Crawl. Nick, thanks for thanks for hanging out through the break with us. The trade uh, market around the trade deadline this past season, uh, everything that you read and, and even things that you have said, uh, it was a steep market. How do you foresee the trade market this offseason? Do you have a gauge on that yet? Uh, I think we're still working through that right now. You know, we're still trying to figure out who, who is and who is willing to move players. Uh, I think, you know, there's teams that are in the market that might be looking for a free agent that, you know, they, they're, they're trying to figure out how, how to balance that as well. So um, I think it's still feeling our way through that. Speaking of trades, Nick, the, I think there there has to be a congratulatory effect from Reds country of looking at all of the players that you, in conjunction with your front office, have acquired and drafted and put on the field. Um, I, I know for me, and, and, and I'm a hard judge, I, I think it's sometimes, but I, I know for me that, that this was an incredibly fun team to watch. Uh, throughout the year, uh, whether they won or lost. The, it seemed like the, the kids had some eye energy, and, and it was worth the night to, to be able to buy a ticket to come to the ballpark. With that being said, how important is it that those kids got to play some meaningful games in September? Oh, it's extremely important. You know, I, I, first off, I credit our, our coaching staff from all the way from the minor leagues to major leagues and our scouting staff and, 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 you know, everybody that helped with the acquisition of players, you know, you look at the players on this team, whether it's, whether it's international scouting, whether it's uh, amateur scouting through the draft, uh, whether it's trades, we've got waiver claims, you know, players that developed uh, from that started in double a, that got better in double a, that got better in triple a, that got better in the big leagues and, and continued to make progress. You know, it was great to see. I think that, you know, when you when you look at these players and being able to play meaningful games, I, I think that you know we had so many players that were first year uh, in the big leagues players, not just not just rookies, but but this is their first time they've ever played in the big leagues. And when you see that, and you know you're in the minor leagues and you're playing six games in a row, and you get to the big leagues and you learn to play seven, ten, twelve, fifteen, eighteen days in a row, that's something you don't get to do very often. I think this is a great learning experience for all these players. They learned what it was like to get tired late in the season. They learned what it was like to continue to push themselves through um, and still grind out games, you know, at the end of the season and, and, and to, to get us, you know, close to a playoff spot. So I give our players a lot of credit. It was a, it was a really good learning experience, but, you know, I credit our coaches a lot for helping them through that. Well, that pipeline has people excited about uh, the present and the future. News of the day, you guys added three to your 40-man roster with the Rule 5 draft coming up. Outfielder Jacob Herdebees, who worked his way through the system the hard way. I love players like him. Right-handed pitcher Christian Roa and outfielder Reese Hines. What can you tell us about these three guys? Yeah, I mean, Reese is, is a player that, uh, you know, big tools tools guy, Um excuse me, we picked in the second round uh, in 19 out of high school, you know, has a chance to be able to play outfield and, and have a lot of power, uh, play the defense in the outfield. A good kid, works really hard, uh, has taken some steps forward uh, over the last year. He had some injuries early in his career that limited his playing time, but, uh, you know, really made some strides forward, especially this year, and, and has a chance to, you know, be a, a solid middle-of-the-order bat. Um, Jacob Herdebees, 
really interesting story. He is uh, he's a guy that uh, that we signed after the draft uh, in 2020. Uh, you know, one of the twenty thousand dollars senior signs uh, from the from the uh, West Point uh, Army uh, Naval or not Naval uh, the uh, uh, Army Academy in, in uh, at West Point. You know, he is the ultimate grind player. You know, he, he's, he's a guy that hasn't played much, hasn't played much, and this year, uh, you know, got the opportunity to play. Takes great at-bats, um, good, you know, plus-plus speed. Uh, he played in the fall league along with uh, with double-A AA and triple-A this year. Um, he walked more than he struck out. Uh, he took really, really good at-bats. He played center field and, and left field, but has a chance to be an everyday outfielder um, that can run, steal bases, and play defense and get on base. And uh, Rolla, yeah. Yep, Christian Rolla uh, took in in the second round in 2020. And, you know, he, he had his ups and downs. He struggled with uh, some – he struggled with some command issues. He had some command uh, this year as well. Um, but learning to pitch through it, got himself a triple-A, uh, continued to to make progress. He pitched better in double-A this year, got up to triple-A. Uh, I think he struck out 170 players or batters in 120 innings or so. Um, you know, with when you look at him and, and, and just premium stuff, just continuing to learn to, to throw quality strikes and, and uh, you know, has a chance to be, uh, uh, you know, quality big league pitcher with, uh, with, with plus stuff. Nick, we really appreciate your time coming on here. Uh, real quick, what's next? It's uh, tendering contracts, correct? That's the next deadline yeah, coming up? The tender date is on Friday, and then uh, we've got uh, Thanksgiving, Reds Fest, and then uh, the, uh, the the winter meetings are the week after. All right. Can't wait, and uh, we will hopefully hit you up again here on the Hot Stove League. Again, we appreciate your time, Nick. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Thanks Nick. Thanks for having me, guys. As the president of baseball operations for the Reds, Nick Craw. We will continue with the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. You are listening to the Budweiser Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Back after this here on the Reds Radio Network. Country music superstar Thomas Rhett will be performing a live post-game benefit concert from the field at Great American Ballpark. It's coming up Thursday, August 29th of next season. Tickets will go on sale Wednesday, November 15th. That's coming up very soon, obviously. That would be tomorrow. Visit reds.com slash Thomas Rhett for details. And Rhett is spelled R-H-E-T. T. I do not need to tell Jeff Brantley that. That's in his wheelhouse, I'm sure. How are we doing, Cowboy? That was a pretty good segment with Nick Crow, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, the one thing I wanted to ask, and I, I, I've heard him say it enough to where I, I know it. now, but, um, you know, his, his they were talking about there there might be some of this some of this group that one of them might, one or two of them might start in the minor leagues or, or some of this group that we saw come up in 2023, um, depending on how spring training goes. And I think that's a good sign. I, I love it when teams come to spring training and they have a, an overall bit of competition for jobs because I think that leads you into a quick start to the season. Yeah, the starting pitchers. I mean, if guys are healthy, I mean, you could probably pencil in Hunter Green and Abbott and Ashcraft and Lodolo and maybe that competition for the fifth spot is going to be hot and heavy. Who knows if they're going to bring in a free agent pitcher or a pitcher via trade, but I want to get your thoughts on some individual guys of, of one, what you've seen so far in their young career for them from them and what 
is the next step? What do they have to do to take that next step? We'll start with Hunter Green. I think for Hunter Green, it comes down to being able to command that high-velocity fastball. I think there's been so much emphasis on being able to throw something besides the fastball that he just he just assumes that he can throw it as hard as he can and it doesn't have to be located as well. And I, and I don't I don't I don't know that that's the case this day and age. I think that whether you throw the ball 102 miles an hour or whether you throw it 92, you still have to be on the edges of the plate. If if you're in the center of the plate, that ball is going to get hit. And I think that when you're able to locate your fastball on each side of the plate, and we're talking about three fingers, three fingers on each side, on those edges, if you're able to do that, then the breaking balls that you make a mistake with don't get hit so hard. Sometimes they pop them up even if you hang them. But if you're not locating your fastball and you hang a breaking ball, that thing's going to get hit 400 miles, and we've seen that. Andrew Abbott, boy, he came up, and, man, it was like gangbusters. He was so impressive. Now, he never said it, but let's face it, he ran out of gas. He hit a wall. What do you like about him? What does he have to do to make the next step? Uh, the, the thing that I like about him the most has nothing to do with his physical attributes. It has everything to do with the fact that uh, he, he's not scared of anybody, and he knows how to pitch. He knows how to add and subtract with, with the speeds of, of what he's throwing to the plate. He can locate the ball, especially down and away to those right-handers. And I think the, the thing for, for a young pitcher, and, and Andrew Abbott would fall into this category, none of us realize the physical toll that pitching in the big leagues takes. So once you've had that first year, and Andrew Abbott falls into this category, you go home in the offseason and you think, man, I just thought I was working hard. I just thought I was running. I just thought I was in shape. No, 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 no. The August and September months in the big leagues will break even the strongest of men mentally. You've got to be able to have those legs underneath you, not only for April, May, and June, but you're doing all of that work in the off season so that you can be strong in August and September. And that's where he needs to get better. Graham Ashcraft. I know you love this guy. Um, he flashes of brilliance, had a really tough stretch this season, got out of it and then hit the injury front. What's next for Graham? Yeah. I don't think that Ashcraft falls into the, uh, situation where he's his legs aren't there I, I think he is as strong as you could ask for a starting pitcher I, I think the biggest issue for Ashcraft is to be able to change speeds more to get something that is off of that fastball right now he's cutter he 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 is the kind of guy that comes out of the corner in the ring and he is going to punch you as hard as he can for as long as he can now a lot of us like that, but that doesn't always work well when you don't have your best punch. And when he doesn't have quite the best of locations, he needs to be able to take a little bit more off, something that will allow him to throw the ball in the low 90s, high 80s, rather than just 98, 98, 97, 95 with the curve, and then he goes back to the 97. I think that he's got to have something or the ability to change speeds with the breaking ball. 
And real quick, Nick Lodolo, when he comes back uh, again, flashes of brilliance, uh, some struggles along the way, uh, big arm, big yacker of a curveball. What do you like? I think Lodolo has all the weapons. He's just got to stay on the field. And there are, there are a lot of pitchers that go through this. Sometimes it takes them two or three years to figure it out. Let's hope that's not the case with Lodolo because he has the ability to be a number one on a World Series champion club. Wow. Say that again. That sounded good. <laughs> Lodolo has the ability to be a number one. I mean, we're talking Verlander, Garrett Cole, that kind of type of pitcher, Jacob deGrom. Uh, he, he's got that kind of stuff. He's got to stay on the field. Love it. All right, we will close down shop when we come back and perhaps sprinkle in a few more pitcher names and get the thoughts of the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. You are listening to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. We're presented by UDF here in the Reds Radio Network. All right, final segment of the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. I'm Jim Day. Jeff Brantley on the other end of the phone. Over the last hour... There has been some breaking news in baseball, that being the managers of the year announced in the National League. Former Red Skip Schumacher wins over Brian Schnitker and Craig Council in the American League. It's Brandon Hyde who takes the award over Kevin Cash and Bruce Bochy. And uh, Cowboy Craig Council going to the Cubs, that kind of snuck up on some people, didn't it? I would think it snuck up on everybody. I, I think that came out of left field. Yeah, no question about it. All right, while we have time, I, I was going through some starting pitchers, getting your thoughts on them and what they have to do to make the next step. But let's throw in some some names real quick, some other guys that are in the mix. And we certainly may be making the biggest stride this season personally, Brandon Williamson. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, I thought that Brandon, when he when he first started, there was a little bit of uneasiness. And, and I mean, that's that's very common when you're when you're making your – your major league debut, even though his debut was in Colorado and he pitched awfully well, it, it, it takes a little while to, to kind of get comfortable and, and realizing that you can do this and do it well. And I thought by the by the end of the season, I thought he was throwing the ball as well as anybody that we had. The, the biggest key for Brandon is just consistency. Yeah. Youngster really impressed me was Connor Phillips. Obviously, he has an electric arm. He showed some moxie on that bump as well. Yeah, I thought his last his last start kind of got away from him a little bit, but it was one of those games where you, you really couldn't. David really just couldn't wait for him to settle in, and mm-hmm. it was unfortunate for the kid. But but I'll tell you this: um, I think Connor Phillips is going to be all right. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I think he's going to push some of those guys that we have already talked about uh, tonight uh, in that starting rotation. I agree. Because, number number one, he wants it, and number two, he's got the stuff to get it done. Lion Richardson, a bulldog on the mound. Uh, I guess there's probably a question, does he remain a starter with a log jam at the starting position uh, at, at in the rotation? Could you see him as a bullpen arm? Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I think that's – that's probably where his uh, his greatest asset is going to be. And I think that's, that's one of the things you, you heard Nick talking about it in our interview with him earlier, uh, talking about having a guy that could start but could also relieve. And I, I really see Lyon in that role. And he could be a guy that 
that could pitch right up to the back end. I would have no problem with him out there closing a ball game if, if Diaz was, was unavailable. I think the, the ultimate issue is let's try it and, and see how he is. I think the biggest, the biggest problem that you have for a starting pitcher in the transition to the bullpen is handling that adrenaline when the phone rings and, and making sure that you're still pitching and not trying to throw it through the backstop. Yeah, he seems like a guy that could be able to handle that. It kind of just rolls off his shoulder. You got Chase Petty in the pipeline, Christian Rowe we talked about earlier. Uh, Carson Spires came up and did some good things. So they've got some depth there finally, which is good. Cowboy, it has been a pleasure to talk to you again over this last hour, and uh, we wish you the best with the horses, the cattle, and mom and them. (laughs) Well. I appreciate it. I guess I'm going to have to get back to the back 40. Yes, sir. That is the Cowboy Jeff Brantley, and we will be along uh, next week. I believe it's Wednesday night here on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League. We are presented by UDF here on the Reds Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.